Hello everyone, my name is Kendall and welcome to Unofficial Book Club, where life and stories meet. And just like any book club, we'll only be spending half the time actually talking about books. In these episodes of this podcast, I will be sitting down with various guests to connect over who they are, their happiness, and lessons they've learned. I believe life is like a book. Each chapter is a piece of our development and growth with the good, the bad, and everything in between that ultimately makes up our story. Now, before we get started, I want to remind you that my guests and I will be sharing our own personal experiences and opinions throughout this episode and all future episodes. Let's get started. Yeah, let's do it. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode, season two, and I'm excited for my next guest, Brian Sona. Thank you for being here. I'm very excited to have you. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. And I want to go into a little bit about how I know you. We used to work together, not on the same team, but at the same place. And I will say, and I told you this before we started recording, that you're one of the people that I had on my list as I was kind of putting this podcast together for who I think would be a great guest. And I'll say that for you, I, from like the moment we met, you bring such a very friendly and like happy energy and in a way that's like so inclusive of all the people around you. And I think especially because one of the times that we spent time together at work was at a work event and I was running around like a crazy person. And no matter like how crazy stressed out I was at whatever it was I was doing, every time I saw you throughout the day, you made me laugh. You made me smile. You made a joke of how stressed I was in a way that kind of made me reflect and be like, it's not that serious. Like you can relax. And I think you do that. I think you like create a space for people that's so like inclusive. I think you're so curious and you want, you're like an active listener. You want to hear what people have to say. And it's just a very safe environment. That's, that's kind of the impression I have. And I've, enjoyed your company so I was like you would be a great person to talk to and you're so what's it called what's the word for it where you're like introspective is that the right word where you like like you're so reflective and self-aware yeah and every conversation with you is deep and um like enlightening in some way and so I'm thrilled to have you here wow that makes me feel really good like now (laughs) see I'm excited you know no but thank you for sharing that because I don't think you shared it like that ever before um, and also, I'm glad that, you know, you told me that because I try to be this way, I think, especially at at work. Um, I understand there's complexities between, you know, the quote unquote life of a corporate or traditional mm-hmm. nine to five worker and things like that. Um, and I don't naturally come from that. This, that is the first kind of nine to five job I've ever had. Um, that doesn't shock me based yeah, on just like... You know, the way you like the way you are at like in that environment is very chill very like like you seem prepared but just kind of like let the chips fall where they may and you're like I got advice too like I feel I think you gave me advice for so many different things and you for the things that you gave me advice on it was in a way where it was like you don't know until you ask and like I want to ask because I want to take that initiative I want that thing for me so I'm going to fight for it I'm going to like push forward yeah yeah 
that's I think that's that's how it should be every day. And sometimes my coworkers, you know, on my specific team, I kind of have to like bounce their energy back, right? Because it's mm-hmm. I understand, but it's also you should you should just feel more free. And if everyone felt a little bit more free, I think maybe if they had an issue with being open, that might resolve itself. But, you know, I think there's more work just to be done as a person to be really fully open. So, you know, I I do find that I am usually what I like to say an oddball in in most of these places, (laughs) because they you sometimes they're just a lot of people are, are maybe surprised or taken aback. I don't know what it is, um, but I think my intent, I think, is what I like to make clear every time. And I try to do that with my actions and, you know, anyone. It doesn't matter, like, who you are, what your position is. Things like that don't really matter to me. I think we can genuinely have, you know, a friendly, open conversation in the workplace as it should be. Mm-hmm. I think we're doing good. So, yeah. and I'm glad that we're even here because if you think about it, this if you if you really think about it this moment is a little special right because you could have been like anyone else who maybe just goes to work does whatever they're told to do at work and then you know didn't talk to anyone because hey i mean they're not on my team why do i need to talk to them and mm-hmm. kept it moving right but nah you stopped you took the time you recognized something um and lo and behold you actually were like hey like can you actually please <laughs> be on my podcast and I'm like you know that also it's like I guess it, that surprised me too you know what I mean because really? in, in one way I'm thinking wow like this has never happened to me before but in another way I'm thinking I expect things like that to happen I, I don't know where the balance is between the two mm. but if we didn't have the conversations I think we've had we wouldn't yeah. I wouldn't have known what you were interested in right yeah and I think that's where I think some of that like creative energy comes from where you can recognize it in someone else and that lets you feel open enough to say, Hey, like, you know, would you be open to do this? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. I think also I give you a lot of credit for us having any conversations or forming any friendship because I started at the job that we met at during the pandemic. So I was online for everything. So I didn't know anybody besides like the people on my team really. And then when we went back into the office, I'm not somebody that I think it depends on the job and it depends on the people, whether or not I'm as friendly and open and there to make friends or build connections. And at the time it was, I was very selective. Like it's who you feel safe with. It's who you feel any sort of connection with. And I give a lot of credit to you being so friendly and open and immediately breaking the ice with a joke and also the environment that we were in at a work event for three or four days where we had to socialize, we had to be around one another and it changed. I think my, that was one of the very few times that I enjoyed being at work all the time and like at an event as stressed as I was. And I think you were a big part of that. And after that, I was just like, he's somebody I like want to spend time with and chat with. I enjoy our conversations and I want to know what he has to say. And like you said, you're a very, I could tell you were a creative person or you were creative is like a light word, but I guess like, like there were just so many layers, like you were an onion and I was like, okay, this is one layer. This is another layer. And there's someone that I want to get to know outside of just somebody that works in this 
space with me as a coach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. Nah, that's you. You did a good job in that. That whole um, you handled that event very well. I mean, I, that was my second one, and you know, I, I everyone prepares you for how crazy they can be, and I, mm-hmm. and I think it was crazy, but mm-hmm. you know. I'm actually glad that I was a bit able to kind of, you know, because sometimes you did look stressed and it was like stressed to a point where I was like, please, like, <laughs> I want you to take care of yourself. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's going to be cool. Like, you're not here alone. I think that was the biggest thing. It's kind of like if I see anyone who is maybe, you know, they just maybe look any type of stress. I always like to tell them, like, if you need help, we here, even if it's mm-hmm. just laughing, talking. I don't need yeah. to know your job to help. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's being also a little accepting of that, honestly, that makes it the difference. Mm-hmm. You know, most people hear something like that and they're like, oh, you know, thank you for your offer. But I don't know if they really consider the offer. I mean, you know what I mean? I also, yes. And I also am somebody that likes to do everything by herself. Like I think mm-hmm. asking okay. for help is really hard for me because then I feel like I didn't do it. Like the only way that uh, okay. I can get credit for doing something is doing it by myself. Like I, as a kid would say like, all by myself. And like my mom <laughs> jokes about that all the time, but it's just truth. And so like, as an adult, I'm learning to ask for help. And I think in a work environment too, if you want to prove yourself in my head, I'm like the way that I can prove myself yeah. is I do it all by myself. And I, that's how I succeed. And like, I have yeah. to succeed that way. And that's not necessarily true. That's a, that was a bar. I have to admit that was a bar. No, it's true because, I mean, I can also relate as a child. Like, I'm an only child, first of all. And there is a common conception or misconception about only children Mm -hmm. that, you know, it's all about us. It's like me, 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 me. (laughs) And I think I do have that. And I also think because I was raised with my my cousins who were my mom's sister's children um, and other extended family members sometimes would all be in the same house with my grandmother um, and grandfather. And I think that that was the closest to, I guess, sharing, right? If I was, if it was always about me, sharing was like, it was, I would want to share with these people because these are the mm-hmm. people that are around and I want them to stay around, you know? Mm. Um, so I think it, it's it, asking for help, honestly, I think is hard in the workplace because I think that's a real fear a lot of people have. They, they think if I ask for help, I, I may not be doing good. And if I'm not doing good, someone is pretty much judging my performance because of it, right? Mm-hmm. Where really it should kind of be the opposite. You should be rewarded for asking for help because yeah. asking for help is collaborating and the mm-hmm organization loves to collaborate so so I think these words sometimes sometimes I think the words either misdirect certain people I don't know how to really like Mm -hmm. explain that because it's part of the politics I think of like these organizations and things like that but asking for help I struggle with and I challenge myself most times that I need to like I can't do this alone I have yeah. to, that's actually one of my affirmations. I don't do affirmations every day. I probably do it three times a week, but on days that I do it, that is on there. Yeah. Not be afraid to ask for help. Asking for help is important. Asking yeah. for help is not a bad thing. So I repeat these things to myself because I come from a place where in my brain, I think I should have it figured out or I should know 
know it, right? Like, mm-hmm. I shouldn't be going to someone for answers, but I have to unlearn that. And every day, sometimes it feels like I have to unlearn it. Sometimes I feel like yeah. I have a good group for a month or two, and then I'm yeah. like, I, it has to be an everyday thing again. So, yeah, no, I, get I hope that. we don't stop. Yeah, I hope we don't yeah. stop giving that a try. We spend a lot of time working, and I mean, it's a lot of time that we spend working whether it's building someone else's thing, whether it's you be building this podcast, like it takes a lot of time for this to happen, you know, mm-hmm. but everything that you're doing, especially that involves others, I always mm-hmm. hope that they're good to you because if they are, you will find it like a, you would find it good. You would find it helpful to everything yeah. else that you do, you know? So. Yeah. 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 And I think every, maybe it's just a generational thing for us, but I feel like, I'm not growing up in the mindset that like whatever job I'm in is my forever job anyway. Like it's great if it is, but it doesn't have to be. So like take as much as you can from that experience because you might move on to the next one or et cetera. And and so going into it from the jumping, like this is what I want to get out of this. This is how I want to grow. This is where I want to grow and being open and honest about that. And then, you know, that's nice. That is nice. I want to go into are you considered a millennial? Yeah, I'm 1994. Okay, okay, okay. All right. Yeah, I guess we are pretty special. I'm 1990. <laughs> yeah, we're definitely millennials. Yeah. Um, I think 98 is the end of millennial. And, and then, then the Gen Zs are up. Yeah, because my sister okay. is 98, and she gets mad that she's not a millennial, but she's not a Gen Z either. <laughs> she's like this weird something. I don't know. But she's in the gap. She's in the grayscale yeah. area. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. But that's a nice transition into a little bit about you and a little bit about who you are to me. But I want you to give us from your own words, like, who are you? What would you like to share with us about yourself? Yeah. Um, that's a deep question. The easiest <laughs> way I can answer it, honestly, I feel my answer to that question would be, I am a man on a journey and I have not gotten to my destination yet, um, but I will get there. That's the short form of this answer. Mm-hmm. Um, other things about me, um, I'm very much into photography and film. Uh, that comes from my background, my mom. She was, we're from Cameroon, Central Africa, which is near Nigeria, Ghana, Congo. Um, I lived there up until I was about maybe 13. Um, Within that time, you know, my mom was into um, film and production. So she was the producer for the news channel um, where we stayed. So I think I saw a lot of that happening. She's pretty freaking cool. I mean, that's so cool. So today, my mom is the coolest because (laughs) she still has that same energy. Um, but yeah, I've seen her, you know, she used to act, um, you know, do these like film tours where they would go into rainforest and just record sounds, like all these really cool things, you know? And then when I came to the U S you know, you just try to figure out, like, I actually came here to visit her and I don't remember what happened, but the visit turned from, um, it turned from a visit to, hey, you know, do you want to stay? Do you like it here? And I said, yeah, like, I like it so far. Like, yeah, I'd stay. Then I stayed and they enrolled me in middle school. So I started off in middle school, seventh grade. Um, and by high school, 
I guess, you know, I picked up a camera. I was taking pictures. I was, you know, recording these short little films that I was making. Um, so I really got into that. I got into music photography. That's what I really liked the most. Um, that's another thing. I love music so much that I've never told anyone this <laughs> out loud. Um, I've, I wanted, well, I've always wanted to be a, an artist, right? Like in different forms, um, mm -hmm. different mediums, but musically one of them. Mm -hmm. And photography kind of got me there because photography kind of, I would be hired to maybe take pictures for concerts, for example. And that allowed me pretty much to be really up close at the artist, to really almost get a glimpse of what that looks like, right? As an entertainer, a performer, mm -hmm. a human, like there's human times and um, just all these different little facets. Of course, that's mm -hmm. just one way to look at it because artists do so much work outside of the stage and performing part of it. Um, yeah. But I think it really... It put me in front of many artists. I got to meet many artists, make a lot of friends with artists. Um, and because I love telling stories, especially through photos and um, video, that was another thing that I guess really shaped me, right? Because everything was, wow, how did we get here? How did mm -hmm. you get here? How did I even get here? <laughs> All of these things sometimes like, they always come back to stories. So I tell myself I'm a storyteller, right? In, mm -hmm. in just different different formats. Um, and when I was doing a lot of that work, I realized that, you know, growing up, you have to be able to, how do you make a living off of what you love to do? That's the main I would love to figure it out. <laughs> yeah. So I think I went through a period of time where, you know, that was the main question that I couldn't solve. So I said, well, how do I really solve this? Um, and one of the reasons why I got the job that we um, worked at together mm -hmm. was to kind of experience something that I had never experienced before. And I think a lot of my friends thought I was crazy because most people leave their jobs to kind of do what I was doing. But here I am trying to slow down what I'm doing so I can do this to learn kind of like a different perspective of it. I don't know what I wanted to learn. I just knew, I know I haven't done this before. I should just do it now, right? Mm -hmm. Here I am doing that. And it's teaching me a lot of things. And I would say the biggest thing really is teaching me is kind of honing like this business brain that I'm supposed to have in order to actually like do the things I love in a sustainable way, you know? Mm -hmm. I used to hear the word starving artist a lot. I don't like that word. You know, I don't, I don't want to be a starving artist. I want to be a comfortable artist. Am yeah. I going to be going through uncomfortable times? Yeah, absolutely. But I don't, I don't think I necessarily need to starve in order to be a good artist. You know what I yeah. mean? I think I make from a place when I make from a place of comfort and exploration and anticipation mm -hmm. and actual freedom of anything, I tend to feel a lot better making whatever it is I'm making. Yeah. And I think that energy I try to send through, if I'm, you know, whoever team I'm working with at that time, 
that's the energy that I want to be strong enough to help whatever creative agenda we're trying to make yeah. come into fruition. Yeah. So balancing or developing this business brain led me to um, more or less creating like this like vision plan, right? I started thinking, well, what do I want to be in 20 years? And those kind of scary you. thoughts. <laughs> those no those are, to me those are scary thoughts and yeah I have to I have to think of the scary stuff now just because I don't want it I don't want it to come and I feel like late into th about thinking that which is another yeah that's a whole nother thing yeah um so in creating this plan you know I started to really figure out like wow there's a lot of things that I want <laughs> And I, I mean, I have to be honest, it, it's, I don't need all of it, that's for sure. So, you know, I went through the process of, you know, what do I actually need in this and what's yeah. sustainable, what's feasible and that kind of thing. And, and then I started thinking, okay, well, how many pictures am I gonna have to take if I want a small house somewhere by the lake, right? Mm -hmm. it's, it's like, it's, it's a lot of pictures, right? So I started thinking, well, I need to find other vehicles in which you know, I can be able to um, live the life that I want to live and still do the things that I want to do. Mm -hmm. um, and through my family members, you know, they introduced me to real estate. Real estate is nice. Um, I became a, a commercial real estate associate in Florida. So I moved to Florida from D.C. But that, that that's like I said, it's that, that piece is kind of just part of my journey to that because I feel while while I'm trying to be in the present as much as possible, I do have to almost, you know, look ahead for the things that I want to build. And that helps me do that because mm -hmm. that helps me plan. That helps me um, have to literally meet certain goals along the way in order to actually see this big picture that I have, like, you know, kind of mapped out. So yeah, that was a long version of the answer. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think as as being as present and, and true to like my journey right now, um, you know, that that's really where it is, you know. I like that you have done so many things and are open to doing so many things. Because like I kind of said earlier, I feel like our generation is not the generation or I think newer generations are not always in one job forever. But I think that's also very true for everything, like not one hobby forever, not one space forever, not one, yeah. you know, everything. And I think yeah. that makes you such a versatile person to be able to, you know, do all these different jobs, be in all these different spaces, learn all these different things. And, you know, you may love some of them, you may not, you may stick with one, you may not, but like everything is a worthwhile experience. Yeah. It's all like worthwhile. That. You're always going to learn something. If it's not about yourself, you're going to learn something about the people that, you know, maybe you're surrounded by mm -hmm. or um, the people you work with. It's every To me, every experience, you're always going to get something from it. You might not yeah. even feel it at that moment, but later on, something about it is going to come up like, ah, that's what I had yeah. to learn in that. Yeah. 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 I think that's very true. I'd like to go into the first topic at hand for this podcast, which is happiness, which I think you've kind of touched a little bit on in certain ways, but can you define happiness for me in your words? 
What is it to you? Whew. That's a loaded <laughs> question. Um, <clears throat> you know, that's a that's a really deep question. And when I think of this question, I feel like my mind races in like <laughs> 500 different directions. Mm -hmm. um, but the root, the root of all of them is, it's just a place where, you know, you feel really comfortable um, in everything that you're doing in yourself. Um, you know, I used to think that happiness was kind of like, you know, someone gave you a gift, right? Like, it makes you happy. I used to think that was like happiness. Like these little things, like uh, I'm a gift person. So generally that's what I associated it to. Um, but I really think it's just being, I hate to say it because it's a little cliche, but it's like being at peace. Mm -hmm. That's like happiness to me. I don't think you're always supposed to be happy because I think that would be a little unfair to all of obviously a lot of emotions. Mm -hmm. um, but I do think it's an important thing to, I guess, make sure that you, you have a, you have a place to be happy because that actually gets you through things. Mm -hmm. So long and short answer. <laughs> so what are some of the things that make you happy? <sighs> my mom, my family, I think family first, they always make me happy just because it, I guess they've always been there. You know, that's you're born into your families, the people you see every day, they raised you. Even till today, everyone is changing. You love to see the growth. You're changed. It's just family first. Um, I have a cat. Her name is Chanel. She's really dope. Yeah, she's a, I, I did, I, I listened to your episodes and I, and I know you have a cat too named Banks. Um, yes, so that, that is a, a real thing. Yeah, she's, uh, it's really funny, you know, a long time ago, I created this like brand and I needed a mascot. And I had this designer at the time draw out this, you know, they would talk to you and ask you, what do you see? That kind of thing. And I gave him all this information. And, you know, if I showed you Chanel, you would be like, it's the same thing. It literally is the <laughs> same. I don't know how that happened, whether it's a type of manifestation, not sure. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, Chanel is, is pretty awesome. Um, making things with my hands makes me feel really good. Um, music makes me feel really good. Uh, connecting with people, like people being open to me makes me feel really, really good um food <sighs> food if i mean that would have been first if we were going in order no mm. I'm kidding um and traveling uh i like i like going to places and like just engulfing myself enough in the culture where i'm not just passing by um it's like just really feeling like hey what is a day really look like um mm -hmm. you know in this walk of life and adventuring in that kind of way um so those are some things that make me happy and when do you feel the most like yourself when I wake up 
I think like it's it's kind of like when I, I don't know where I go when I go to sleep. I'm sure I'm like in my bed. I mean, um, but when I wake up, I I always kind of feel like like I come back to myself and I'm starting my day. I don't know if that makes sense, but there's a moment when I wake up where, you know, sometimes I, I say a prayer. Um, sometimes I just kind of close my eyes and like count in random numbers. Um, sometimes I do the affirmation. It, it's, I guess every day kind of comes with its own. I just try to pick whatever it comes with. Um, so that's, that's when I feel the most like myself. Um, and when I have like loved ones around me and I can hear lots of laughter, I can smell all of the different types of like, I don't know, anything that's cooking. That's the second time when I really feel like myself because I always feel like this is where I'm supposed to be. This is what I like to be around. Um, so yeah, those I can only think of those two, um, those two moments. But there's like there's that. plenty more. There's plenty more. Yeah. yeah, but I like that where it's like, this is where I'm supposed to be. That phrase is like a perfect way yeah. to say that. I would even add like. Sometimes when I'm taking pictures and I know I got the shot, you know, it's like mm. you could feel it, you know. Mm -hmm. There's something about that, too, where it's like no one, well, you know, sometimes I tell the model, like, okay, we got it, we got it. And sometimes the model is like, okay, sure, you know, they don't, <laughs> they may not fully know maybe what it was you were looking for. Um, that's something that I think I'm working on creatively. Sometimes, sometimes I'm looking for something in an image, but sometimes, um, I also like to be, I guess, in a reactive state where maybe the model does something that expires it. And I'm like, actually, that's like what I want. And then, you know, it's a little hard to communicate at times, depending on um, just the, depending on what I'm looking for. Right. But mm -hmm. that that's also another one of those moments um, where I really feel it's just a connection that's like out of you that feels like Oof, that was a spark. That was something. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, I. I grew up singing my entire life and that I, I feel those moments sometimes. I'm like, I hit a note I'm supposed to, or I sing something the way that I intended for it to be. And you feel like, Ooh, that was me. Like, Ooh. And that was just like the sweet yeah. spot. That was just like the spark. That was just like, you sit back and you're like, that was a moment. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I feel that. So what is something or has rephrase the question is there something that has happened in your life that didn't go as planned, but ultimately the outcome was good or like the best thing for you? I think everything doesn't go as planned. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing really ever goes as planned. Honestly, I think you just kind of live um, learning to adjust and like, well, I guess two things either happen. Either one, you decide, yeah, no more, or, you know, I've done what I had to do here. Um, or the second one is you just adjust and you're like, okay, I'm going to try this and I'm going to try this. And then it just never stops in that way. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, there, there's, there's a lot of things. I mean, most recently, for example, um, so during the pandemic, I, I was using Clubhouse. I got tired of Instagram because it just was just wasn't connecting to me right it was like mm -hmm. a social platform but it wasn't like it wasn't landing I didn't feel I didn't feel connected to people um when I would post pictures you know it would 
feel some people it would it would feel like I'm bragging, but I'm like, I don't want to brag. I'm just wanna posting this picture here right quick. Um, so it just it felt a lot of different things than what it originally was for me. So I, I started looking for another outlet. Um, Clubhouse was the perfect thing. Like it was, these is just, you just go into, it's kind of like a pod, I would call it like a live podcast without video. Um, there, it's always live. I mean, now you have this ability to go back and replay things, but the, the, to me, it means the most when it's happening live because those people are all there at the same time, whatever they are in their day, whatever they're like, all those people are in there and they're talking Mm -hmm. about whatever it is. It used to be about, um, uh, I go into a lot of rooms with people who talk a lot about music. Um, They talk about uh, like faith. Uh, They talk about starting businesses, all these different types of things. Mm -hmm. There was a gentleman um, who was pretty much teaching people how to bootstrap a business. I heard the word bootstrap and I was like, oh, that sounds fun. I don't know why my <laughs> brain does that, but I was like, okay, like that. Like I've never done that, but you know, as part of the, as part of the things that I thought would help me just understand more about business, which was my major in school, this was more of a hands-on way to experience it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought, you know, why not? He offered 30 days for free and well, he offered a 30-day bootstrapping program, right? And of course, if anyone is ever offering you a program, they're going to charge you a fee at some point. So mm-hmm. that is going to come with it. Um, after the the fifth day, I believe, is when, you know, oh, there's going to be a fee associated with it. And I thought, okay, for $200, this person is going to teach me how to build a service business. And then I thought, I've spent $200 in worse ways. This won't mm. hurt me. So I paid the $200 and I enrolled in this program and I went, it was every day for one and a half hours in the evening. I want to say it was Pacific time. So for me, it was about, I want to say 7 to 8.30 PM. Um, that one hour, we would all be working towards, you know, building this, this thing. I chose building a cleaning company. I called it Maid Party. I called it Maid Party just because the idea of it was because most people don't like cleaning for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I was a kid, they made cleaning fun, you know? So to me, it's fun. Um, so it's kind of like this party atmosphere of cleaning. So throughout the whole 30 days, we established a brand, um, built a website, uh, figured out how we were going to market ourselves, figured out what areas we would be able to market ourselves in, how much we're going to charge. Um, I guess everything that goes into a, you know, like Mm -hmm. a a service business. Again, I have, prior to that Clubhouse room, I had never thought about doing this. But this is one of those things that made Clubhouse powerful for me is because here you had some of these people who were actually like willing to teach you these things, right? Like, yeah, for a fee, but no problem. Mm-hmm. So that went well for, you know, we started it maybe went well for six months, seven months. It was like, okay, we're starting to kind of like plateau. Um, eight months is like, all right, now there's so many other cleaning companies. What exactly is making you different? 
Um, and then nine at, at nine, I started to, you know, really start figuring out, okay, well, I need to start investing more in marketing because I'm like looking at other companies. Hey, what are these companies doing? That's what they're doing. They're consistently marketing. So that was tough for me just because, you know, I didn't have a, I didn't have a team of people that was helping me. It would have been helpful if they were. And, you know, what I really learned from that experience, honestly, is just one, I learned about me. I learned that like I was actually willing to learn things from scratch without being afraid that it may not work at the end. Ooh. I didn't think I had that in me, but, you know, mm -hmm. I learned that. Two, I learned that it was completely unknown to me. So I learned I was a little brave because when I told people that that happened, they were like, what? Like, that's crazy. You know, like they were just, it was just confused. And in my brain, I was like, yeah, I was confused too. But yeah, somehow we did. <laughs> <laughs> um, and three, it just kind of showed me that like, you know, business, they say most businesses fail within, I want to say a year or two. Um, and I think really what that means and what they're saying is you, you might have some dark times in that time frame, but if you want to keep your business alive, you would always find a way to fix something to keep it going. Um, so it taught me that too. And I think it didn't work out the way I wanted. I think what I really wanted to do with it was what, I wanted to grow it and scale it in a way where I could sell it. Um, I still have it now. So it's definitely not something that's, you know, gone where I want it to go. I wouldn't say it's a failure just because it's like I know what I could do to kind of keep improving. But really, that, that just turned something on in my brain where it's like, it's a process. Anything that you want to do long term, where you want to build something, it's going to be a process. So you have to find I don't know, whatever it is you need to find in order to keep that process going. Um, because once you stop, it's going to stop, you know, mm -hmm. unless you have a team that's like, you know, going to corral you. But at the yeah. end of the day, it's going to be you and you're responsible for it, you know. So mm -hmm. that's that's the biggest one. Um, and that's the most recent one. But yeah, there's been, there's been tons of other things. I can go all the way back to <laughs> high school. I had this math teacher and, you know, after school or after class, she would always be like, hey, have you ever thought about playing volleyball? And I'm like, no, you know, sometimes I think I should have taken her up on that offer. And done it. And I should have done it. You know, here's yeah. if, if someone sees something in you that you don't see yourself, sometimes I think it's worth exploring if you can. Ooh, that's an interesting, yeah. You never know until you try, so why not? You could have loved volleyball. You know, I could have loved volleyball, you know, but in my brain here, I am just thinking, you know, whatever it was I was thinking, I just thought, eh, eh maybe yeah. I'm not interested. You know, you're young, so you're just like, I want to do yeah. this, I'm going to do that. Um, yeah. So I think I think about that sometimes, and I think, you know, sometimes could have been more open to things, and who knows where that would have taken me. That's a nice segue into my next question which are like what are two like lessons that have made a big impact in your life whether you've you know learned them or are learning them my grandmother has always told me in life there will be problems and i've always remembered that because it it always always reminds me that 
things are going to come up. So you almost have to be as ready as you can, you know, to mm -hmm. kind of tackle it. But just knowing that it's not something that's going to come up as a surprise or um, mm -hmm. I guess kind of throw you off kind of helps yeah. me, um, I guess, maintain this like, I don't know, balance of life, if, if I can call it that. Um, that that's a big one. And, you know, I think also in, in, in just, and in, in just currently in like life or like, um, or like love, a lot of these things really are like, they're patient things that can be rushed. Mm. And there are also things that you, you shouldn't, over control you shouldn't control it in general you know you should always kind of just accept and do your part that that's yeah. really what it is it's like you should always do your part and take almost like take solitude and knowing you know everything always kind of works out the way it should as long as you do your part if you don't do your part, obviously we know mm -hmm. one of the reasons why something didn't work out. Um, but I think if you're doing your part, everything falls into place. So do you believe everything happens for a reason? No. I don't think everything happens for a reason because sometimes you could just be at the wrong place at the wrong time. Mm. That doesn't mean that that was the reason. Mm -hmm. It literally... It, I mean, I don't know. When you ask me that, and I also want to be present with that answer, is maybe, but I don't, I don't, I don't think so. I think some things happen for a reason. Mm -hmm. Or you find the reason within them, like and then, it happens. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah. You might start looking. That. Yeah, you might yeah. start looking for answers, and you might think you know the answer is in here, but who yeah. knows? Answer maybe somewhere else. Yeah. Do you believe in regret? like having regret, that idea of what regret is when we talk about it and what society has ingrained in us that regret is? Well, I guess because I'm African, I might have a different view of what regret mm. is. But to me, regret just means that there is something that maybe you just, you're harboring. Mm. Um, it's something that you you generally feel you could have done something different. Like you could have played a different part into yeah. it. And because you didn't, you're kind of like, you haven't forgiven yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Is that what regret is for the most yeah. part? Yeah. Okay. And I think lots of people, myself included, depending on the situation, like you replay it in your head of all the ways that could have gone differently. And that, that sits with you rather yeah. than turning around and being like, okay, well, it didn't. So let's learn from it. Like, yeah. how am I going to do this differently next time? Or like note to self, like yeah. I, one of it, this one is a minor one, but I remember like last year I was at a book fair and one of my favorite authors was there. And I was <sighs> like, I'm going to go, I'm going to, I'm going to go up to her and talk to her. Like for sure. It's like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. So I gained enough courage to Victoria Aveyard walk up to her 
But as I'm like walking, thinking of what I'm going to say and like, how do I, she's like walking around and I don't want to be uncomfortable, like awkward. Yeah, yeah, and so yeah. how do I nicely go up to her? And I lose her in the crowd because I waited too long. <sighs> but then I saw her later at like a panel and then she was signing books and she signed my books and she was lovely. But I was just like, had I just, I wanted to do it. I was getting ready to do it. But at some point you just have to like jump, right? Like you just have to go for it. And I regret it. And like for the rest of the day, I was like so disappointed and felt like I had in some way ruined my day because I didn't do the thing I wanted to do. But like mm-hmm. at the same time, I have to walk away from it and be like, okay, well, the next time you want to do it, you were going to do it. You know what it feels like and what it looks like to not do it. Mm-hmm. So do it this time around. Yeah, that's that's a real thing. Because I was yeah. going to ask you if you felt like losing her and the crowd happened for a reason. No, I think I just didn't move fast enough. Like, I don't, like, I think it's one of those moments where I think I didn't feel that way at all. Like, I saw it slip, like, slip out of my reach, and I, like, could have grabbed it, and I didn't. Like, that was on me. You know what I mean? Like, I think there are some moments where you're, like, something happens, and you feel maybe, like, oh, this was going to happen regardless, or this Mm -hmm. maybe was meant to happen, or whatever it is, depending on whatever you believe or how you feel. This was one of those moments where I literally... It's like when you trip and you like drop or you drop something, you just see mm-hmm. it fall. And you're like, wow, I just saw that fall. And like, yeah. I could have grabbed that. I could have, like, I could have, and I didn't. Like, that's what that yeah. was. I could very like, honestly feel that. And I just, I had my moment. It was a long moment and I just didn't take it. And I just kept yeah. walking and I was like, oh no, this is what I'm going to say. This is what I'm going to say. Okay. I'm just going to walk up. I'm just going to, and I didn't. <laughs> It's my bad. You know, it's it's really funny hearing you say this because this is what it sounds like, you know, when that guy wants to really talk to that girl that he likes at the party, but he just does not muster up mm-hmm. all the courage that he wants to to do that. Mm-hmm. And who knows? He might have missed out on the girl of his dreams. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. And at the end of that movie, the scene would come around where he gets a second chance. And I just, like, didn't get that. And maybe... <laughs> Maybe my second chance is like the next book fair and I know to do it right the first time, you know, but so what is the biggest change that you've seen in yourself? Whatever amount of time you can think of, whether it's last two years since childhood, like what is the biggest change you've seen in yourself? That's a good question. Um, I think the biggest change for me um, recently is just it's just really being more future minded than um, than nearsighted, if that even makes sense. I think before I think before I lived in such a way where it was I wasn't considering what my life would look like in a year or two or three. Mm-hmm. That is that I think that level of thinking for me has been very monumental and just the way that I think about things or approach mm-hmm. certain things um, where I kind of give my time to, I tend to think like I prioritize giving my time to things that help me down the line than like something really quickly. Um, mm-hmm. That's, that's my biggest change. Um, and I think, I think it's something that, I don't know, mentally I needed to, it needed to happen. Um, just for mm-hmm. the sake of me growing and um, being comfortable, like in my own skin, um, but also just me being 
more responsible. Um, that was that that was a big one for that. Okay, and then what are you still hoping to accomplish now? I know that's like a big one. I can feel it. Yeah, there's so many things, you know. Um, (laughs) It's I just genuinely like so many things, and honestly, I remember, I remember when I was young, and you know, they would always tell me to like focus, you know, pick one or da da da. And I think that's true. I think you do need to. I think in my adult brain, I call that prioritizing. I, yeah, you need to prioritize the things that you want to do. But it's okay, ultimately, if there's five things you want to do. You don't yeah. have to do one thing, you know? That was a I big... I think that's great. What you just said was, like, so great and so key. And I hope, like, like that resonates, right? Like you said, like, yeah, yeah it's okay to have five things that you're prioritizing and putting effort into. It doesn't yeah. mean that you have to limit the amount or, like, what you do or don't or whatever yeah. it is. Yeah, absolutely. That I've always felt, you know, like, you know, they they want you to be, I don't know, a doctor. So, you know, you're going to be a doctor for like the rest of your life. And it's like, that's okay. I think if you want to be a doctor and that's fine. And if you're a doctor and you decide you want to be a pilot, be a pilot, you know, like mm-hmm. to me, it shouldn't be one of these things that, um, it's just you shouldn't feel limitless. And I understand that everyone doesn't feel this way. Like maybe yeah. it's just us, you know, it could be a small group of people or yeah, whatever, but I do believe that. But that's actually one thing that I want to be. I want to be a pilot, you know, that I'm really? looking forward to doing that. Yeah, I really feel like I belong in the sky. Um, <laughs> I really feel like, well, even for the sake of, you know, you know, maybe like what I do now, like, you know, with my commercial real estate um, mm-hmm. business, I think, who knows, maybe that might increase my my client base, right? Because maybe I'm able to fly to them directly to do certain things if they want to do it in person or something like that. Okay. Uh, hopefully like next that. time, I don't know, in the future, I'd be like, hey, guess what? I'm a pilot. I'm a pilot. That would be and really cool. I just landed in this place or wherever the place is. So I just took my last solo, which is, you know, yeah. the last flight that you take is um, someone in training before they actually get their license. So mm. yeah. I like that. Well, that goes very nicely into my last question for you. And it's my favorite question to ask people. What would you do if you knew you wouldn't fail? If I knew I wouldn't fail? Wow. Is that real? Could you, is that possible? Well, it depends on who you ask. I asked one of my friends and they said, I would rob a bank. And I was like, that's one way to look at it. Versus I asked one of my Mm. sisters and she said, I'd open a restaurant. So I think everybody has a different idea of what it is. Like, what would you, literally, what would you do if you knew you wouldn't fail? You know, that's a good question because now I'm like, I mean, I don't know. I don't, I don't already think, I guess it would be anything I'm scared of, but then I can't Mm. think of anything that, you know, I fear like right now just because I feel like I've worked so hard to like not really fear things. And then the top fears really that I have now are like, you know, things like I wake up and there is a snake right there, you know, like (laughs) (laughs) feeling like Mm -hmm. I'm just going to be able to like calmly walk away and not be phased. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. You you would just want to be invincible in any way. Yeah, like maybe not invincible, but just not like 
I don't want it to have like an emotional grip on me. If I saw Ooh, a snake walk right. in here right now, I might throw <laughs> this iPad around. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I guess what I'm saying is I would want like some type of strength of like comfort and composure that's just like, okay, snake, come on in. Yeah, all right. <laughs> Come on in, but make yourself out when you can. Like, you know, don't make me get you out of there. Yeah, I like so, that. That's, that's a cool answer. That's like a very non-physical answer, I feel like. You know what I mean? Like, I think some some of the answers are very like, I want to achieve this thing. I want to do this thing. But I like that where it's this mental or emotional like, yeah. answer. Like limitless feeling of. Yeah. Yeah. I like it too. If you like it, I like it. I like it. Because I, I like you it. know, I think my whole goal with doing this again was just these really give me the luxury of fully being present. And and it's present, you know, obviously with you, but mm-hmm. you know, with myself, you know, like with my like alignment, you know. And that means that means a lot to me, especially if I'm gonna come back and like rewatch this in a month, <laughs> you know. <sighs> life just moves so fast sometimes um so I, I really do appreciate you taking the time yeah well yeah you just like took my ending for me I was gonna say Brian thank you so much for being here thank you for doing this I know that you know it for you and I sitting here it's a conversation right and it's this beautiful moment of two people connecting and sharing things but it also goes out to whoever wants to listen to it so being open and vulnerable and allowing yourself to say whatever you, you want to say without any fear or any any second thought of the fact that somebody else is going to hear this is really great and I really appreciate that for everybody that comes on and is able and willing to do that so thank you so much for being here you're everything I expected you to be and more oh right? my god thank this you so great. much you're <laughs> awesome thank you for holding this space I mean we have to give you thanks because I think thank you well Again, from your very first episode, and just even the, the the way your voice sounded in that, it just was so refreshing to hear someone go into something like this with such, like, hey, you know, this might be the hardest thing, but you know what? We're going to do it together. And, like, that is rare. And I think, like, that should be, like, broadcasted so, like, people can hear and take it in and like just know that you can try to do these things whatever these things are and Mm -hmm. you're not alone like I'm listening you're like you know someone is listening you know and someone is learning and feeling grounded even just by like your spirit and your will to like you know do something like that so you come a long way. I mean, I still got some more to listen to. I'm definitely still making my (laughs) rounds, but I will also say that, you know, it's something I enjoy listening to. It's a very fresh um, perspective that personally I haven't seen. Most of the podcasts I listen to, they, you know, I guess they seem to be more, um, I don't want to say scripted, um, but yeah, they seem to just be more intense. This to me feels like natural. Hmm. Um, and it feels almost like freeing, you know, in a way. So I think. Thank you. you. Well, thank you for saying that. Cause I think what you heard 
me saying about doing this and, you know, we'll see what it becomes and everything is one of the very few times I've ever, like, I did all my preparation for this. I didn't just obviously wake up and just try it, but I'm a, I plan, 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 plan. And if it isn't planned to the best of my ability, then I won't do it. Like, I think I have a fear of failing or I have a fear of mm. it not being what I want it to be. And so this was one of the first and very few times that I did something and was kind of like, we'll see what this is. And I'm very happy because of it. And I think also because it's something that I have complete control over, like if it fails, it's on me and mm. I'm going to be okay with that. Or if I decide to not do it anymore, that's on me. And like, it's, it's mine, it's mine. And I get to make it whatever it is. And it's helpful to have amazing guests who make it as the beautiful creation that it is. And each episode gets to have, hopefully, like you said, a natural vibe because it's that other person is, and I are creating the energy and creating the environment that that episode is. So I'm very thankful and very happy and very love all those nice words. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Everybody stay tuned because Brian will be back or a book club episode. So thanks everyone. Thank you for listening to unofficial book club where life and stories meet. You can listen wherever you get your podcasts and follow me on Instagram at unofficial book club pod. Please don't forget to rate and share with all of your friends until next time.